a reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, what can we say that Abraham found, our ancestor according to the flesh? Indeed, if Abraham was justified on the basis of his works, he has reason to boast. But this was not so in the sight of God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. A worker's wage is credited not as a gift, but as something due. But when one does not work, yet believes in the one who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. So also David declares the blessedness of the person to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not record. The word of the Lord. I turn to you, Lord, in time of trouble, and you fill me with the joy of salvation. Blessed is he whose fault is taken away, whose sin is covered. Blessed the man to whom the Lord imputes no guilt, in whose spirit there is no guile. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, my guilt I covered not. I said, I confess my faults to the Lord, and you took away the guilt of my sin. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you just. Exalt all you upright of heart. Dominus Fobisco. Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Luco. At that time, so many people were crowding together that they were trampling one another underfoot. 
Jesus began to speak first to his disciples. Beware of the leaven, that is, the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. There is nothing concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the darkness will be heard in the light, and what you have whispered behind closed doors will be proclaimed on the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but after that can do no more. I shall show you whom to fear. Be afraid of the one who, after killing, has the power to cast into Gehenna. Yes, I tell you, be afraid of that one. Are not five sparrows sold for two small coins? Yet not one of them has escaped the notice of God. Even the hairs of your head have all been counted. Do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Verbum Domini. As we read through the four gospel accounts, the sin that seems to get the most visceral response from our Lord is the sin of hypocrisy. He seems to hate this sin the most of all. And the occasions when Jesus appears to be the angriest is when he is calling out the scribes and Pharisees for their hypocrisy. Their hearts are filled with all sorts of wicked designs, especially against the Lord, and yet they cover over their wicked hearts with a veneer of religiosity and respectability. To the average Jew, the scribes and Pharisees may appear to be quite pious. After all, they dress in religious garb, they go around with ashes on their foreheads when they were fasting, wear huge phylacteries on themselves, give alms publicly, and pray on street corners in full view of the public. They are highly esteemed and are given seats of honor at banquets and the, the best seats in the synagogue. By all external appearances and standards, these men appear to be the most righteous and holy of all. And yet Jesus sees right through the facade to their hearts, and he exposes them for who they really are before his disciples. And thus the first thing Jesus says to his disciples in today's reading is to beware of the leaven that is the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. And it's particularly interesting that our Lord uses the word leaven to describe hypocrisy. Those of us with a modern mindset simply think of leaven as the yeast that is kneaded into dough to make bread rise when it is baked. However, to an ancient Jewish person, the word leaven has an even greater significance. Every year, the Jews were required by law 
to observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which occurred during the same month as the Feast of Passover. And they were given strict instructions to eat only bread that is unleavened for the duration of the feast. In fact, they were told to get rid of all leaven in their homes for the entire seven-day festival. And if anyone is found to have eaten any leaven, they are to be cut off from their people, which was a very serious punishment. And when Jesus warns his disciples to beware of the leaven and the, of the Pharisees, they would likely have called this fact to mind, this feast to mind. It only takes a little bit of leaven, a little bit of the leaven of hypocrisy to corrupt the entire batch of dough, to corrupt the entire household. The word hypocrite comes from a Greek word that means play actor or an interpreter from underneath. And it was customary in ancient Greek theater for stage actors to wear masks that represented the characters they were portraying. And then they would interpret the story from beneath the mask. And this word is thus appropriately applied to the Pharisees who wore a mask of religiosity and piety. But underneath, they were only play acting such a character. Their hearts were full of corruption and evil which is on full display when they plot to put Jesus to death and eventually succeed in carrying out their wicked designs. Many of the people are easily fooled by the mask of the Pharisees, thinking that they are genuinely pious men. Jesus exposes them for the who they truly are, and he warns his disciples that there is nothing concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. While a hypocrite might be, be able to get away with their subterfuge for a time, they will eventually be exposed for who they truly are. Our Lord thus encourages his disciples to live fully in the light of truth and not try to hide themselves behind a facade of religi religiosity. Those Christians who live in the light of truth will also expose hypocrites, just as our Lord has done. And yet exposing hypocrites who are keeping their wickedness concealed can be a dangerous business. The scribes and Pharisees des despise Jesus for exposing him, or for exposing them, and they plotted against him to find a way to put him to death. If they are willing to plot against Jesus, the, the master, they will do the same to his faithful disciples. And it's for this reason that Jesus encourages them not to be afraid of those who kill the body, but can do no more after that. Jesus knows that if his disciples fear death, they might be less likely to stand firmly in the truth. Jesus assures his disciples of their true value in the eyes of God. If God has taken note of something as small as five sparrows sold for two small coins, then he is certainly going to be on the side of his faithful servant who stands up for the truth, even in the face of persecution and death. 
Jesus consoles his disciples and reassures them of their tremendous worth in the eyes of God. Since their master, Jesus Christ, has no fear of the hypocritical Pharisees, so his disciples should also have no fear. Our Lord is calling them to place their trust firmly in God, who always vindicates the just. And our Holy Father, Pope Francis, connects hypocrisy with the work of the devil. He says, Jesus can't stand hypocrisy. And he often calls hypocritical Pharisees whitened sepulchers. This is not an insult to Jesus. It is the truth. From the outside, you are perfect, indeed starched, but from the inside, you are something else. A hypocritical attitude comes from the great liar, the devil. The devil is the great hypocrite. All other hypocrites are his heirs. Hypocrisy is the language of the devil. It is the language of evil that enters our hearts and is sown by the devil. You can't live with hypocritical people. Jesus likes to expose hypocrites. He knows that it will be precisely this hypocritical attitude that will lead to his death, because the hypocrite does not think whether he uses lawful means or not. He uses slander. So a sure sign of hypocrisy is when a person pretends, loves to pretend to be perfectly faithful, holy, and religious while pointing the finger of blame at others and accusing others of sin. They pay more attention to the splinter in their brother's eye than they do to the beam in their own eye. They are more ready to accuse and criticize others than they are ready to admit their own faults and sins. Our Holy Father gives us the antidote to hypocrisy. He says, it is necessary to heal ourselves from this attitude, but what is the medicine? The answer is to say the truth before God. It is to accuse oneself. We must learn to accuse ourselves, tell ourselves before God. This is a spiritual exercise that is not common, it is not usual, that we must try to do it. Accuse ourselves, see ourselves in sin, hypocrisy, and the wickedness that is in our hearts. <clears throat> because the devil sows evil, and then say to the Lord, but look, Lord, this is me, and say it humbly. We learn to accuse ourselves, Something perhaps too difficult, but it is so. A Christian who does not know how to accuse themselves is not a good Christian and risks falling into hypocrisy. In Peter's prayer, he tells the Lord, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Let us learn to accuse ourselves. End quote. And as the Holy Father says, it is crucial for Christians to recognize hypocrisy in themselves, and to have the humility to admit it honestly before God, to be the first to accuse ourselves. At our judgment, we will not have to answer for the sins that others have committed. Rather, we will have to answer for our own. Hence, we need, to have, we need the virtue of humility so that we might more readily accuse ourselves of sin 
before accusing our neighbor. When we recognize the depths of our own wickedness and depravity, then we open ourselves up not to God's fearful judgment, but to his undying mercy and love. While it is true that there is nothing our Lord despises more than the sin of hypocrisy, it is also true that there is nothing he loves more than seeing humility and contrition of heart for our sin and having that recognition that we are indeed hypocrites. If we are honest with ourselves and honest with the Lord about our own sinfulness or our sinful tendencies, then we have nothing to fear, even if we should face the prospect of, of persecution and death. We know by faith that by his own death, our Lord has conquered death once and for all.